0: Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, today we're looking at the book of Habakkuk to see what does it look like for God to take a man from fear to faith. I hope today's episode encourages you and strengthens you as we learn that God can take us into a whole new realm of hope that we never anticipated where we could go. How do you feel when you finish a teaching series? I know you just finished Habakkuk this past weekend right. with the church. Uh, Is it like a little bit of like a, aw, or are you like, cool, I'm ready for the next thing? Well, I mean, at this point, I've probably,
1: I mean, I've taught a lot of diff- lot of books of the Bible. It's true, you finished a lot of I haven't taught every book of the Bible, but I've taught a lot of books of the Bible. And I've probably had every kind of feeling you can have yeah. when you uh, yeah. finish one. Sometimes you finish and you sense, man, that was a dud. I wish I'd have done that. The, I wish I'd have finished better oh, than I finished. Uh, sometimes you feel like, wow, you know, it might be a long time until I mm-hmm. teach that book again. Yeah, um, I think kind of the pace I go in teaching, mm-hmm. um, the amount of scripture we cover each year, there's a decent chance that I won't teach the book of Habakkuk for, for like say, a really long time. It's probably a long one. Know? Yeah. And so there's a little bit of sadness like, mm. oh man, that's my buddy. We just, <laughs> we just hung out you totally, know, for a for long weeks. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's a sense of, uh, of accomplishment, you know, and excitement. I yeah. remember we used to for a little while we would like have donut day uh, at church. Whenever oh, yeah. we finished a book of the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, great job. We finished a book. Let's all have donuts. <laughs> um, and then I think there's definitely a sense of, Oh man, I got to get going cause the yeah. next one's coming, you know, and I've, totally. and I've got to, got to get that done. So lots of different feelings that, oh, yeah. that you can have. But I think with this one, I, I felt like, um, not that it's about my feelings or anything, but just a, I, I was happy with the way that the study came out. Mm. I was glad that we were in the book of Habakkuk. I heard from lots of people who are both seasoned Christians, but also just still figuring it out. Christians who said they were greatly helped by the book of Habakkuk. Oh, yeah. And so that was encouraging to me. And uh, so I think in general, I felt felt pretty good about concluding this one.
0: That's good. I mean, I felt the same way, too. It's kind of like, I like the pace that we went at because it's quick and it's a shorter book, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do feel the same thing. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to miss that one, you know? But it is at the same time just exciting because you finished a book of the Bible, and that's just, I don't know, it's good to get one under your belt, you mm-hmm. know? I'm looking forward to this new Psalms series. Would you be down to share this a little bit about why you chose us to go through the Psalms in the summer,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, to be clear, we're not going to go through all the Psalms right. this summer. That'd be a there's long 150 series. of them, you know. So yeah. it's kind of the the Psalms is one of those books of the Bible that, as an expositor, it's very intimidating because obviously it's the biggest one that there is. So right. it mm-hmm. you kind of feel like, I mean, and some Psalm 119, for instance, is the Dude. longest book, uh, longest chapter in the Bible, and there's some other really big Psalms in there. So it kind of feels like it would take at least 150 Sunday messages to get through all of the Psalms. And there are plenty of them that you could break up into a two or three or four or 12 week study potentially. Mm -hmm. So you could make an outline for the book of Psalms. It's like 200 (laughs) weeks, which would take a church probably five years to get through because of, you know, you throw out the, you know, Easter's and Christmases Mm -hmm. and all of that. You probably cover, you know, about 40 Psalms each year. So it, you know, or 40 studies each year. So it just would take a long time to get through the whole uh, book of Psalms. And, uh, you know, it's summertime around here and uh, pastors are traveling. I'll be on mm-hmm. vacation a little bit. All of the guys have different vacations scheduled. And so to have a little bit of continuity, I thought, well, why don't we just start the book mm-hmm. of Psalms, see how far we get. I think we're going to get through chapter seven or eight cool. this year. And if it takes and it's nice, then maybe each summer we can bite off, you know, seven or eight psalms. And over the course of 15 years or so, we might, Hmm. you know, get close to finishing the book of psalms, you know, but it kind of just lends to a good uh, devotional kind of thing. So it just fits, you know, teaching wise. But the heart behind it, the desire with psalms is that, you know, I think we're in a time like, like is true at all times where we need to, um, develop our personal life of, um, seeking God, you know, we need God. He's our greatest resource. And the Psalms often give us very tangible, practical, Hmm. handhold, uh, accessible ways to seek the Lord. And ways to pray, you know, not that we're going to use them as like a literal (laughs) template. I mean, you could do that, absolutely. But, um, you know, just ways to say, wow, that's how they sought the Lord back then. That really expresses my heart. They Mm kind of give voice to the ways that we might want to cry out to God today. So, you know, I'm hoping people get a little bit better at seeking the Lord and relating to him as a result of these seven weeks.
0: Oh, I love it, man. That sounds awesome. Well, I'm stoked for the summer. It'll be great. Um, But let's talk about Habakkuk, the closing few verses that we touched base on this past weekend. Um, I loved your picture analogy at the very beginning, talking about how this is kind of like the transformation picture. Right, the after photo. Yeah, the after photo. Thinking about where Habakkuk kind of started at the beginning of the book to where he landed at the Mm. end. It was so encouraging. I just love seeing his trust develop, his faith kind of play out a little bit, God's, you know, interactions with him. It's a, it a very special book to me personally, the depths that someone can go to and the heights that faith can really take you to. Yeah. But we talked about his faith and his trust, and I thought we could look into that a little bit because this is a huge part, obviously, of Habakkuk's story is his trust in God. <clears throat> You know, we talked about how he knows Scripture. He knows God. Um, That's obviously something we talked about over the past few weeks. But I want to talk about his trust in God's character. And if there was maybe one thing that Habakkuk really leaned on when it came to his faith and his trust Hmm. in God, was there something in the book of Habakkuk that we could look at where Habakkuk said, like, this is what I'm really leaning on with God's character and nature as my faith is growing Mm -hmm. and my trust is growing. Do you have any thoughts about that or insight into what that thing was that Habakkuk saw in God that caused him to continue to step into trust?
1: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: (laughs) and I haven't thought about it from that
1: angle up until this second, but if I had to give an off-the-cuff answer to that after wrestling with the book, you know, for a month, I think what I would say is that Habakkuk, uh, became convinced of God's power, and he came became convinced of God's wisdom. Uh, he That's felt good. that God is more powerful than me. God is more powerful than the Babylonians, and God is wiser. Than me, because Habakkuk had his own logic for how yeah. things were supposed to work or should work, and that was really the bulk of his complaint in chapter one to God. When he first complained about the state of God's people and then complained about God's response to what he was going to do mm-hmm. to God's people, he was struggling with God's wisdom, he felt mm-hmm. he was wiser than God. It, the classic, if I were God kind of syndrome, but because he was a prophet and maybe a priest and he was a godly man, uh, he knew that that wasn't the place to land. He he knew that that wasn't right. So he waited and then heard God's wisdom and Mm. just became convinced his ways are above my ways. His wisdom is of a caliber that I can't expect to understand at all times. Um, But, he sees things I don't see. He has plans I don't have. And he's promising this future judgment that is going to wrap up the loose ends that I'm frustrated with. So in the end, he's going to work all this out is mm-hmm. what Habakkuk became convinced of. So I think that's probably what I would say yeah. is his, you know, I'd love to give another answer, you know, like his love or his grace. Right. or something. But I really do think that he became, uh, convicted about the wisdom of God being bigger yeah. than uh, life as he saw it and wisdom as he put it together.
0: Man, that's so helpful because I'm just thinking about, you know, me and my life, other people in their lives, just wanting to trust God and just trying to find, like who, like, who is God really, you know? And to know that he is wisdom. I think about the Proverbs, how the author just talks about how wisdom was there when God created the earth. It's just built into the world and God is wisdom Yeah, to have that trust and that faith in his sovereignty is just obviously so huge for our trust and our mm-hmm. faith. So that's, I love that.
1: Yeah, it's a really important like place for us to get to because yeah, totally. there are these certain things that we know about God, you know, God is powerful, God is love. And mm-hmm. then, so because we know those things about God, we can sometimes struggle when we don't see him do some of the yes. things that we think would be an outflow of his love mm-hmm. or his power. Uh, like for instance, I was talking, you know, recently as I do often with someone who had a relative struggling with real serious illness. Yeah. And you know, for them, it's like a, I know, I know God can mm-hmm. touch that. I, I, I have heard stories of him doing that. I know that God can solve this riddle and yeah. you know, Whenever I'm talking to someone about healing, I always try to remind them that, well, as Christians, their healing is guaranteed. It's just going to come in one of three ways. Either Christ is going to give medicine, and that will be the breakthrough, or he's going to intervene and actually miraculously touch them in the here and now, or the healing will come with the new body when he returns. So the healing is guaranteed it's just how it's going to come mm-hmm. that we have to trust him with but even still knowing that it's a challenge for us you know i yeah. was thinking about this recently cuz i was i was uh, i recently was editing a little article about uh, mark chapter 6 and one of the things that's in that chapter is when john the baptist gets beheaded yeah right. and You know, it's a gruesome passage, it's really detailed. You know, there's like lots of other things (laughs) that you might want to get a lot of details (laughs) of in the life of Christ, and maybe not that one as much, but it's very elaborate. You get the details, and it looks like total loss, you know. But Mm. one of the things that I wanted to say about that was that in the kingdom, winning looks different, and we have Mm. to embrace that concept john the baptist won he succeeded he ran his race he did well he did not lose because he was beheaded there's just an upside down perspective that the christian partly because of the cross and the upside down nature of the way that the cross worked you know everything that it was intended for it's like the exact opposite happened and that's god's wisdom at play so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if we look to the cross and we realize okay well the you know the enemy intended this to stop God's work but this actually unleashed God's work the enemy intended this to set humanity to be dead in their trespasses and sins but it was actually the thing that made the way for us to be set free from our trespasses Mm -hmm. and sins the enemy meant to uh, the cross was meant to stop this new movement of God here on earth that Jesus was leading, but it actually was the launching point for the movement Mm -hmm. of God here on earth. There was a lot of things that the enemy intended for that, that according to our human wisdom, it could have felt like, wow, you know, and even the disciples felt that way, obviously, you know, they thought, well, it's over, you know, we thought he was the one, Mm -hmm. but the wisdom of God is above ours, you know, so It's really important for us to get to that place of really, you know, trusting God.
0: Golly, man. That's so good. I loved what you talked about yesterday with um, how Habakkuk pursued God. You said something to the effect of he wasn't content with just enduring, he wanted to pursue God through the difficulty that he saw. I was curious if we could talk about that for a little bit about like how that looked for him. Like, what did it look like for Habakkuk to pursue God through? The difficulty. Did that mean mm-hmm. he was just in his habit of prayer and Bible reading to whatever the extent that looked like? Um, what did that look like for him to yeah. continue pursuing God? Well,
1: I mean, he so what he said in verse 18 is he said, I will take joy
0: in the God I'll of my salvation. Joy.
1: So that that's where I was fixating that concept on yeah. is that he's saying, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna get it. And um, but part of the answer to that question, it's kind of like, you know, here we are, like. People for that are listening to this can't see it, but we're sitting in these padded chairs right. in an air-conditioned room. We're uh, comfortably and well clothed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have thousands of dollars of uh, computer, electronic, video, lighting, equipment. All around us right now. We have mm-hmm. a roof over our heads. We're going to go to sleep tonight yep. in comfortable conditions. We have refrigerators that have probably a solid week or two worth mm-hmm. of food inside of them. We have money in our bank accounts. And so for us, when we're asking the question, like, mm-hmm. so how do I pursue God? It, We're asking it from this angle, like, there's steps I got to take, right? There's things I need to do. Habakkuk is coming at it from the angle of, there's no other option. Everything else is gone. All the food is gone. All the crops are gone. All the flocks are gone. War has just totally devastated us. I don't really have any other option. If I'm going to have joy, it's going to be because I'm getting it from God. Because I cannot get it from any other source. He's not having this like moment where he's like, you know, I probably should watch less Netflix yeah. and turn there for all my joy. I should turn to God. I, I probably shouldn't sleep in, in my comfortable room mm-hmm. more as much as I do, but I should get up and see God. He's not asking those questions. It's just, this is really uncomfortable right now. Man. Probably like a comparison would be, um, you know, those in America's history who were enslaved, who had become Christians, no comforts, total Mm -hmm. unrest. It's like, there's no other real place to turn, you know, for that joy, Mm. but you've got God and in the midst, you're trying to make the best of it. You're trying to let him be the one that brings you joy. So, in a sense, it's not really like what did he, What did he totally, do? You know, yeah, did he right. have like five steps? You know, <laughs> to uh, pursuing the Lord and getting joy from Him, and this is a lot of times the way it works for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of content as human beings to coast along in life, and then an atrocity happens mm-hmm. in our estimation, and it's used by God to help us draw near you wow. know, to him. Yeah. Like, man, these these things that I thought were going to bring me satisfaction, they're not. And so I've got to turn to the Lord. I'm kind of at the end of my resources as I see them. Um, but, you know, all that to say <clears throat> that there are, of course, th- th- I, I guess maybe a way to say this is there's the easy way and then there's <laughs> the hard way. So yeah. Habakkuk was getting his joy in the Lord the hard way. Yeah. But then there's the easy way of just saying, even when times are good, even when fruit is on the vine, even when the olive and the fig tree are producing and the flocks are prospering, even then, in those moments, I'm going to trust the Lord. You know, Paul, the apostle, talked about that to the Philippian church. He said, I've learned in every condition I am to be content. I I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Uh, He discovered how to endure the difficulty of prosperity. Wow. You know, the the difficulty of poverty, we all think about that one. But Mm -hmm. Paul had also learned, no, when I'm prospering, uh, I also have learned how to be content in the Lord in that environment as well. And some people think, well, that's obviously the easier one. And there's Mm -hmm. lots of external reasons why that is easier. But the truth of the matter is that it's sometimes harder to keep pursuing the Lord when... Times are good uh, here on the Monterey Peninsula. Obviously, there's, you know, we have a wide disparity. We have people mm-hmm. that are struggling with poverty, and we have people that are living in total opulence, crazy yeah. wealth. And I'm so proud of the people that I know who, though they are by earthly terms wealthy, they're mm-hmm. also spiritually wealthy. They're mm-hmm. turning to the Lord. They're pressing in mm-hmm. to Him. Um, I love seeing that kind of person because. I can only imagine that that's a pretty significant challenge. I know me, I know my own flesh Mm -hmm. and I can almost like imagine myself in their same situation Mm -hmm. and think, man, I, I don't know if I I have what it takes to seek the Lord. Like they are Mm -hmm. with that kind of prosperity. I might be, I'd be very tempted to just kind of cash it all in Be all about me Uh and just build up my environment and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, praise God for people like that who know how to, when the fruit is on the vine, really
0: rejoice in the Lord. Oh, amen. I'm super thankful for those examples too. And I've kind of put myself in the same situation you're talking about and thought the same Mm -hmm. thing. It's interesting to hear you say that. There's an application kind of point you're making yesterday about, um, how we must fight to believe the right voices the voices that point us towards satisfaction in God. And when I heard you say that, it really resonated with me because I've always thought about uh, the people in my life who are what I call voices of faith. Like you're one of those people for me in my life. There's a lot of people on our staff who are like that for me. Uh, The people who always point me straight back to relationship with God. But I know that for me and for a lot of us, it's hard to discern what voice, maybe is a voice of faith, as opposed to a voice of disbelief, maybe, because I mean both are in the church, right? We have Christian brothers and sisters who may point us towards disbelief or towards faith. But I was wondering if we could talk about just um, how do we discern if someone's pointing us towards contentment in Jesus? Because it's one thing to say, like, hey, just find your satisfaction in God. It's another thing to... You know, tell someone the rhythms and practices, the mindset of how to find your satisfaction. It can be just a little bit harder to discern mm-hmm. sometimes. So, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, how do you discern if someone's really pointing you towards faith? And maybe you, can, you know, just talk about that point a little bit. If you felt good about that, just the application point to believe the right voices on um, what you were kind of talking about with that point.
1: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question because. As you're asking it, my mind is flashing to um, some folks that I've known over time who came out of what I would consider unbiblical and unhealthy Pentecostal Hmm. kind of environments. I'm charismatic in the sense that I'm a continuationist, and I Mm -hmm. believe that all the gifts are still available today. But uh, I've definitely, because I have those views known Christians in my time who have a little bit too much of a thus that saith the Lord kind yeah. of perspective and chalk everything up to, uh, not only the spiritual dimension, but kind of bullying people into, yeah. uh, what they would deem faith acts that I would probably deem stupid acts. Yeah. Uh, but because they're couching it in those kind of terms, there can be this heavy-handed manipulation. I mean, there have been whole uh, sects and denominations that have gone that way before. You know, where it's a, you're you're being over shepherded. You're not being right, shepherded. You're right. being over shepherded. You're hmm. you're being told what to do, how to do it, all that kind of stuff. So, in a sense. You know, there's part of me that wants to answer your question by saying, well, it has to line up with the word. There needs to be a comparison with the word, Uh, but that can be challenging for some people because if you're still learning the word and you're not yet really grounded and comfortable with it, you're not fluent or conversant in it. It's not second nature. It's not right handed to you, but it's like writing with your left hand, it takes a lot of work and concentration. If you're still in that spot, then it's easy to get kind of duped or pressured into something. Mm. So then I think a second thing that I would say is that it's some of those best voices, at least in my life, they've demonstrated not that they're perfect Mm. in knowing when it's a step of faith for me or not. um, but They, over time, have a general um, insight and are generally correct about um, just kind of knowing me, knowing when, hey, Nate, that doesn't seem like a Hmm. real step of faith for you. That seems like some fear is getting a hold of you, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, there's part of me that wants to answer the question by saying, well, you know, when people are pointing you towards the self, Hmm. then they're not... A messenger from the Lord, but when they're right. pointing you to sacrifice, uh, that's Straight Jesus. Uh, when they're pointing you towards you know things like your own personal self-esteem, that's probably not as much the Lord, but when they're pointing you to getting your identity and understanding of yourself from scripture, from the mm-hmm. gospel, then that's probably a little bit more from the Lord. You know, When they're pointing you to uh, get yours rather than mm. be a kingdom person, then that's probably, you know, the kind of thing. But I think for a lot of us, the voices that we're trying to have speak into our lives like that, these are voices that we're trying to cultivate over time. Yeah. And so, you know, there've been people in my life where it's just over time, I've realized, wow, they just kind of keep trending towards fear or encouraging me to be weak, uh, not take a step of faith. Um, they, they think through life from a very humanistic, unbiblical grid. The Lord doesn't seem to really be hmm. leading and helping them very much or often. So I don't know that I should be listening to the words that they have to say. So yeah. that might be a great way to think about it as well. Just think about, well, what, what, what has been the outcome of their counsel on their own lives? Hmm. You yeah. know, Where has it led them? it's crazy to me how sometimes we will listen to voices that when you think about where their personal life is at, it's just really not where you should want Mm -hmm. to be. Um, this has been one of the, I think disappointing things about the online influencer is that you don't really get a good perspective of what, their own counsel is doing to them. So true. So those might be some things that could
0: help. I think that's super helpful just to kind of have a framework of how to think through faith and what people are pointing you towards because it's just so easy to get caught up, you know, with like a big personality or strong words, you know, Mm -hmm. but to put it through that framework is just so helpful. I love for us to finish up by talking about Habakkuk's strength that God gave him. Uh, you were mentioning yesterday about how uh, you know Habakkuk, he wasn't strong just by himself, but after he encountered God, turned to God, that God deposited strength into him. He really built him up into the man that he was. So I was just curious if we could talk about the kind of strength that Habakkuk received. Was it emotional, spiritual, mental? Um, what was God doing inside of Habakkuk to strengthen him as he encountered Habakkuk hmm. and, what, and what does God do to us? Like when we encounter him, hmm. well, it was all of those
1: things, emotional, mental, spiritual, uh, physical, you know, he was being strengthened hmm. to endure some crazy times. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago when Christina and I were first married, we lived in, uh, had a little studio apartment on top of someone's garage. In oh Carmel. yeah. Yeah. It was great, man. <laughs> that was my favorite place to live. And, uh, one morning early I was heading out to work and I she would park up in the driveway and I parked down on the street and it was a, one of those cold foggy you know Carmel mornings hmm. super quiet nobody was out no cars and I went down to my car and I almost had a heart attack because <laughs> when I got to my car this huge buck jumped out and started running down the street, but like hopping down the street Oh. and then went up the hill. Uh, and it was like with the quiet of yeah. the, the morning, it was so loud, just the <laughs> clack of his hooves <laughs> on the ground. It was yeah. just so loud. And I thought of this passage, hmm. you know, where he says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Yeah. I right. will climb my high places or my high hills or I will climb my mountains and just thought, man, like I could not even run or walk uh, on this hard, uh, rocky pavement. But that deer just took it like a boss because that's his design. Yeah. And I, I've always had that image in my mind just whenever Difficult things have come into my life. Just asking God, Lord, help me right now. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know um, what to do. And I've never faced this particular challenge. But this is terrain that you can give me the equipment for. So it might be that I need wisdom. It might be that I just need mental fortitude. It might be that I just need an endurance to be able to hang on. Mm -hmm. It might be that I need joy. It might be that I need a friend to come into my life. It might be that I need a day off. There could be a lot of different things that could be the Lord's strengthening of me for that moment. Uh, But I think probably the biggest thing is just, you know, he said, God is my strength. Yeah. So daily going to the Lord to get his, uh, empowering for that moment, you know, like that classic yeah. Martin Luther, um, statement, you know, when he, he said, I have so much to do. I have so many responsibilities today that I have to pray. I have to get up earlier to yeah. pray. You know, I, I can't mm. afford to not, you know, uh, the, the man or the woman that needs God's strength is uh, not a person who doesn't have a lot going on yeah they got right. a lot going on yeah but to go and get his strength each day really important so yeah I love that from Habakkuk he just he got what he needed from God and he became you know able to do it and we really don't know like what happened to him after this book you know he's not really the focus of the uh, historical accounts of the Old Testament uh, but what a what a man what a guy. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. For more information and to take the discussion further, you can visit nateholdridge.com for additional articles and content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.